This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is Finding Your Match. Yes. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, why people that ghost will sometimes still watch your Instagram stories, and aphrodisiac foods that can affect your sex drive. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener with some wedding plus one drama, and another listener who wants to get set up with a friend of a friend but doesn't know how to ask. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She's the dating editor of Elite Daily and a former professional matchmaker. She's also written for Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, Refinery29, and more. Her experience in matchmaking inspired her to write the book Playing With Matches, which is a novel that follows a young college grad who finds matches for her clients. Please welcome to the podcast, Hannah Orenstein. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. So... I know it's a novel, but how closely does this novel follow your real life? Was your love life really going up in flames like the protagonist of the book? Uh, yeah, I mean, the a lot of the inspiration for the book does come from my time as a matchmaker. Uh, I really was, you know, very young and confused and lost about what love is and trying to build a career for myself and really just not sure how to advise people in their 30s and 40s and 50s how to get married when I was 21 years old. Um, And yeah, I was dealing with a very messy breakup the summer that I was working as a matchmaker and also starting to date again and trying to figure out what that meant. And Sasha, the character in the book, goes through a lot of those same experiences. Um, But wherever my life was boring or just not that exciting or interesting, I embellished and that was the most fun part for me. So you were 21 when you were a matchmaker. What did you study in college? Journalism and history. Okay, so I studied journalism too. How does a journalism <laughs> history major end up as a matchmaker for your first job out of college? So I loved matchmaking. I grew up reading a column about blind dates where two people would go on a date and then a reporter would interview them and publish it. And so I started doing the same thing when I got to college. I would interview, I would set up students on dates and then interview them about how it went. And I was interning at L, and the advice columnist at L also has a matchmaking company. And she was a huge icon of mine. And so I emailed her and I was like, hi, like, I really want to work for you. Um, and 30 seconds later, I swear, like I went to the bathroom and I came back and there was an email in my inbox that said, can you please come work for me? So that was it. I was 21 and I wow. started working for her. I just go study abroad first, but then I came back and joined the matchmaking company. That's amazing. So you were actually the youngest matchmaker at your company, and you mentioned that you were advising people that were way older than you. How did that affect the advice you were giving? Like, what kind, what kind of questions were you getting that you felt? We still question our own advice on this podcast. Right. We give what we call best friend advice, big sister advice, and we're still like, I hope that was good. I hope I, did. but you were right. twenty one doing that. I can't even. My advice at twenty one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right, it's like don't do too many tequila shots, but yeah. like do some tequila shots. Um, I think one thing that I had on my side is that issues about dating and love are the same no matter if you're 21 or 101. Like everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to have happiness and good experiences. And so I could relate to that on a personal level. Um, the thing that made me most nervous was when my clients started asking like, oh, like what year did you graduate college? Or like 
you have really nice skin. What products do you use? And I was like, I'm just 21. I don't know. Um, and I, I tried to sort of like not lie but hide the truth because I didn't want them to not respect the advice that I was giving them. Um, so I you know, was using the training that I had been given and I was really relying on that because beyond that I really had no answers <laughs> at all. How long did you work for the matchmaking company? Seven months. Seven months. And what, and what was the final straw where you were like, this is maybe not my career? Um, it's really exhausting. It, it's like my favorite job of all time. But if you have that one friend who comes to you and says, like, I have a dating problem. Please give me advice. It's like that, but multiply that by 15 clients. And then your paychecks depend on the advice that you give. And that's really stressful and exhausting. And also, I wanted to finish college. So I had to go back and do that. Oh, you had taken a break from college. I did it full time over the summer. And then I was sort of juggling this job while doing a semester of school. And so I left matchmaking, went um, back to school, interned at Cosmo, um, and then graduated. That makes sense. In in your novel, the main character has to deal with, quote, demands of eccentric clients. What were some memorable real-life demands that you got from eccentric clients during those seven months? So one story um, that wound up in the book is a client who had a six-page checklist for her dream partner, and that included 33 potential hobbies that she and her partner could share, a list of, I think, a dozen acceptable celebrity lookalikes, biographies, and full-color headshots of all of her past exes, a full biography of herself in the third person. And I tried really hard. Like, she had really high standards, but I tried so hard to meet them. Six pages? Yeah. So we had a relationship expert, Andrea Siertash. Do you know her? I know the name. Um, And she had – her whole thing is, like, creating a dating checklist. And her whole thing is you only get five must-haves and five cannots. Yeah. And five. So, like, this bitch needed to take – You got to prioritize. Yeah, take a page from the Andrea Siertash (laughs) book and pick five things. Not six pages. It was five things. I'm curious who were, like, some of her celebrity lookalikes that she was looking for. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course. Sure. Yeah. The guy who plays uh, Jake on Scandal. She's Um, got a thing of Jake's. (laughs) Um, Any Jake. What's the guy who plays Don Draper? What's his name? Oh, uh, John, John Hamm. There we go. Uh, yeah. Okay, so maybe it's head. just J names. <laughs> yeah. So um, where did you like set out to find this John Hamm lookalike? So we had this uh, really incredible database. Basically, every matchmaking company has a database of like hot, successful, single people in their city. And so I went through and I basically looked for people who had hedge funds and access to private helicopters and spoke multiple languages and were above six feet tall and made, you know, X amount of money. And then you found them and you were like, cool, so I'm going to go out with them. You're <laughs> on your own. <laughs> and that was literally my next question. Like you said yeah. you were single and looking. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get hit on by clients or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is gross, but uh, my boss would say, you know, like just be yourself on dating apps because men in their 40s are going to hit on you because you're 21 years old. So, um, yeah, all the time. And I would have to hit on men all day long. And then they would be like, oh, hey. And I'd be like, no, 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 like not for me. It's for my client. <laughs> uh, and sort of pull a bait and switch on them. But um, the reason that – so the novel has a love triangle. Um, and Sasha winds up falling for a guy she sets up with one of her clients, which is completely off limits in the world of the book. And she's afraid she might get fired. And the way that story came about is everybody would ask me, like, what if you fall for somebody that you're working for? Um, And I didn't, but I, you know, kept wondering what would really happen. And that's how the book came about. That's fun. 
Yeah. So you're also that seems like the dream. You're like you have this database, which every girl would dream of. Um, You're also the editor uh, or the dating editor at Elite Daily, Mm -hmm. so we get to learn a lot about your dating life and some of your personal essays. I read your one about going on vacation with a hookup, Mm -hmm. and it turned out to be a mistake. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us why it's a mistake to go on vacation (laughs) with a hookup? Sounds like a good idea to me. It sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, the problem arises when you have mismatched expectations, and I think his expectation was to you know, sit on a beach for a long weekend with a girl in a bikini. And my expectation was that he would be my boyfriend. And those are like not really the same things. Right. And I actually like what you said in the essay, because like a lot of the time we talk about like, how important are labels? Like as long as you're enjoying the relationship, is it that important? And you said having a label helps you both know that you're on the same page. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good way to sell it. If you're trying to have that DTR combo with somebody. Just like making just, sure we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, I just want to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we overshare a lot on our podcast. Do you ever worry about oversharing too much with your life when it comes to writing? That I'm, Right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah, there you go. Like, am, am I going to say I don't know. Am I going to say something? I don't know. We'll see. I know. I'm lucky that I didn't start oversharing on a podcast until after I was in a solid, committed relationship. <laughs> but I can't imagine, like, guys that I was going on a date with being able to read all about my previous dating history I mean I did have a blog for a while but I don't even think they knew about that blog you never know something we've said could still come back to bite us just because you're married you're not safe what does that mean <laughs> I always think about like potential employers in the future they're oh. like gonna listen they're like oh you're a clitoral orgasmer that's good to know <laughs> about you they'll love it um yeah but I'm sure we're keeping our questions g-rated you'll be fine Um, All right. Well, we are going to talk later on on the podcast about the ins and outs of matchmaking and what makes a good match. But for now, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. And then we're going to jump into what's in the news. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Quip. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough, and we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? Well, they are a very cool toothbrush company that sends you your toothbrushes when you need them. I was actually, I was a, I am a subscriber to Quip before they were a sponsor on our podcast. I got Nick and myself subscriptions to Quip because I wanted us to have like nice teeth. And I really love them because I don't have to think about throwing out my toothbrush. I don't have to make sure Nick's throwing out his toothbrush. We just, we get, they send you like the new heads every, I think it's every three months. And I also love that they tell me how long to brush my teeth. Yeah. I love that too. They like have the little vibrator that like tells you like, okay, switch to the other side. All right, switch to the other side. And then it like shuts off after two minutes. It's very cool. And honestly, it just feels really good on my mouth. The the vibrations. Right? Yeah. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. And Quip is an electronic toothbrush, like Angela said, uh, it vibrates. And it's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Plus, Quip subscription plan are for your health, not just your convenience. They deliver new brush heads on dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. I was right. It's three months. Yeah. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List. Oh, I I want. If Oprah likes it, I like it. Same. 
Uh, they were named one of Time's Best Inventions and is they're the first subscription electronic toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Whoa, those guys have very high standards. <laughs> Do they? I don't know anything about I them. I assume from all the toothpaste commercials I've seen in my lifetime. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers who use Quip every day. Like me, I love when we get sponsors for brands that I already use. Makes it so easy for me to endorse. Uh, Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash single, right now you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electronic toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash single. That is spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash single. Are you ready to start your new business, make it stand out? Get started with Squarespace. That's what Angela and I did years ago before they were a sponsor, before we had a podcast. We started our little scrappy sketch show on squarespace.com. That's because anyone can use squarespace.com. Maybe you've just got a scrappy little sketch show. Maybe you then all of a sudden become an author. You add a book section. Then you start a podcast like we did. You add a podcast section. Then you want to show off your pics. You add a gallery section. Right, Angela? We added an online store as well to sell merch. You could just keep on adding all your sections as your little business, your little train that could grows. And there's so many people using Squarespace. Maybe you're in the restaurant business. You're a wedding professional, a clothing designer, real estate broker, lawyers, architects. It doesn't matter. You can do, you can put anything on your website. It's so cool at Squarespace. Yeah. The point is, if you're a business owner, having a website just makes you a little more legit. People will Google you and find your beautiful website and be like, yeah, I'm going to work with this person. And that's because Squarespace makes it really easy to make your website look cool. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have the ability to customize the look, feel, settings, and products, and more with just a few clicks. Plus, it's a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. I secured uh, AngelaSpera.com. Yep, and I secured FemFairyTales.com for my new sketch show. And, uh, you know, the other day. I got an email from Squarespace saying, would you like to renew your Squarespace domain for another year? And it was a big moment when I clicked yes, because it meant that, you know, I plan to keep doing this sketch show for at least another year. And that means I want to feel like a professional and have my website. Because without a website, it's like I don't exist. It's true. Uh, Guys, go to squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash single. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about in the news for us all to talk about? Okay, so I was reading one of my faves broadly. Um, Sarah David wrote uh, a story about how she asked all the people who ghosted her, why they still watch her Instagram stories. This has been a trend that we've been talking about a lot on the podcast, about people that ghost you, they disappear, and then you see them all up on your Instagram stories. Sometimes they're even liking your posts, and you're like, what the fuck? You won't write back to my text message, but you're, they call it orbiting. Right, orbiting or or haunting. Yeah, orbiting or haunting. It's got all these these words. Um, So what is, so I, I love that they actually asked people why the heck they're doing this weird shit. Well, what did they say? In the name of journalism, uh, yeah, she contacted these guys. Because, yeah, they, were, they weren't just, like, viewing her stories. They were commenting, like, hard eyes on her pictures. And she was like, I, we went on one date and I never heard from you again. And now you're, like, sending me hard eyes. So generally what she discovered from this research, uh, the reasons why people orbit, is, one, 
she said that ghosting is like an inactive thing while unfollowing somebody is active. So it's just easier for these guys to just like not do anything and lurk rather than like going to the effort of unfriending her. hard eyes is effort. Right. Well, that was like for like the guys that were just viewing her stories. And then the other thing she said, guys usually ghost because they're putting their romantic attention elsewhere, but then they want to keep you in their orbit in case things don't work out. You're basically on the bench, but... I'm sorry if you've completely ghosted a girl and haven't written back to her text messages. Like your bench person has moved to another team, right? But some girls, I don't know. They they just like these guys get in your brain, and then you're like, but oh, he viewed my story, so I guess he's attentive. You can't. I gotta say, viewing stories, you can't read into that that much. Like, oh, I guys agree. are lazy. Um, they're these are this probably. I'm sorry to generalize, all you men listeners. Some guys, some women too, are lazy. And it's the same people that are just like right swiping on Tinder. You know, you're just like tapping the stories. You're just like tap, 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 tap. Right. They're not like selectively clicking on people. You know, when I'm just like trying to like zone out on the subway, I'm just like going through stories. I'm, I don't even know who's going to come next. I'm just like clicking all the stories to get through to the next person. So it's I don't mean it as flattery to any of the people that I've watched their stories. Well, right? I you, won't take it personally. Hannah, you're you're the dating at Do you see this as a trend? What is your take on all this? Well, first of all, I think it's lazier than people who just blindly right swipe on everybody because it takes no effort. Like if you sit there with your phone out, it's going to automatically go to the next person. So I, sorry, like I wouldn't consider that his flattery or interest. Um, I'd say if it really bothers you, then block them and just like save yourself the agony of wondering what it all means. Or, like, if you're interested, write back and then, like, see where it goes. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody orbit you? I never check who follows my stories. <laughs> That's very healthy of you. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's not, Do you check? Though. You're new to stories, Angela. Well, I don't – yeah, I guess I don't post enough. But when I do, yeah, I do check. Really? Oh, God. I better start looking at your stories and be a good friend. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe it's because I just do it so rarely. I'm like, listen, I'm not asking a lot from you. Right. Watch my limited amount of content. So anyway, this girl, she re- she reached out to uh, like five guys and one girl that had ghosted her um, to keep them anonymous. She named them after the members of NSYNC. So first up, Joey Fatone. Uh, she messaged him and she was like, why do you do this? And he wrote back and he said, I'm married now, so it's highly unlikely we'll ever screw again, but it's nice to occasionally flash back to what we had and imagine what else could have been. Barf. Barf. Um, before I read any more, let me just say that if you are being orbited and you think like maybe this is going to go somewhere, not a single one of these guys was like, because I still like you. Oh, all right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Uh, had started following her when he was in a monogamous monogamous relationship that made him unhappy. And he thought, oh, gee, maybe I can cheat with this girl. Um, But it just, he never got around to it. And now he's in a relationship that he's happy in and he would never cheat on her. But he's like, oh, I just kept following you because you seem nice. For anyone that zoned out when Angela explained that this is not actually Justin Timberlake, these are are, uh, fake names that she gave the guys. Right. But I like to think that she based it on their personalities. Oh, okay. So probably Justin was... The hot one. Yeah. Uh, JC Chasse was the one girl that she dated. And this girl actually told her that she was leaving the country. And then a few months later, friended her on Instagram. And she was just living like down the block in Brooklyn. And she was like, what the fuck? Um, And she messaged her and she was like, why did you do that? Or why do you like follow me on Instagram after you tried to tell me you left the country? And she was like, oh, well, I found your sweater in my apartment. And it made me think of you. So I friended you. So this is all like. 
the gist I'm getting is that people do this for nostalgia. Yes. And basically... Nostalgia slash FOMO. Or selfish reasons. Yeah. It's all very selfish. It has nothing to do with you and how wonderful you are as a person, just so you guys know. And yeah, the rest were like the general same. One guy was like, oh, I like seeing pictures of your cat. Um, the only truly honest one was Chris Kirkpatrick. He said, she said, why do you do this? And he said, because I'm trash. And then she <laughs> asked him to clarify <laughs> and he would not elaborate. And I think that was the purest answer. Yeah, that's so funny. So if you're being orbited, block them. Yeah. And do you agree? Just yeah. block. Or if you still like them, write back. Yeah. Right. And Shake make sure they're shot. not in a relationship because so it sounds like the odds are high that they might be. Don't just, don't torture yourself. Go one way or the other. Either reach out to them or just cut them off. Make a decision. Agreed. What are you reading about? I was reading our favorite Cosmo. Sexy. This is an article by our girl Karina Heish. Aphrodisiac foods that can affect your sex drive. Some of these I'd heard of, some of these I hadn't. So I thought I would tell you what some of these were and get your guys' opinion. Are these things you regularly take? Did you know about this? Tell me your thoughts. Let's see. All right. Ginseng. I don't ever take ginseng. No, me neither. Studies have found Asian and American varieties of the ginseng herb to help libido and sexual performance. Ginseng likely affects the central nervous system, altering hormones in the process. Um, Apples. You know, I don't eat enough apples, but I should for health reasons also. They say an apple day keeps the doctor away. Did you know apple day keeps your sex drive up? Did you know this? No, but I like apples. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I guess it makes sense. It's like Adam and Eve. They were like naked right. in the garden together. Um, so Dr. Steve McGoo, a doctorate in human sexuality, said that apples have been associated with increased sex drive. A uh, 2014 study suggested that eating an apple a day correlated with better sexual quality of life in young women. Who knows if it's just because they were healthier in general right? or what the deal is. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, figs? Figs. I like figs. Don't you think of... Yeah. I associate figs with like farting, like not a very <laughs> sexual thing, right? And no. Con- and like relieving constipation, no? Isn't oh. that like a Garden of Eden food also? Oh, I right. think you're right. Wild, but I think so. Maybe. I think you're right. I think more of like prunes for what you're talking about. Oh, Not that a yeah. fig is that different, but it's got a sexier connotation than like a prune. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. Well, um, they did agree with you. They said not only do figs look physically sexy, um, a doctor said that he they're also thought to be a sexual stimulant as they're high in amino acids, which boost sexual stamina and increase libido. Hmm. Do fig newtons count? Uh, yes. Yes. Good. I think so. We'll, we're just going to go ahead and say yes. Uh, here's one that might surprise you. Asparagus. Makes your pee smell. Right. So mm-hmm. I would think, I think of like very like not sexy with asparagus because <laughs> you don't want to like have stinky pee and stinky <laughs> anything. Sure. Right. But I guess the high amount of vitamin E in asparagus can increase blood flow and oxygen to the genitals. Wow. I love asparagus. So that's good. Right. I've never been like horned up after eating them, but. No. Maybe I didn't notice. Um, you you mentioned earlier that fig newtons looked or figs looked sexy to you. What's the biggest, most phallic food you guys can think of? Bananas. Bananas. Your least favorite phallic fruit to eat in public. This Dr. Hope says bananas contain bromelain enzyme, believed to increase a man's sex drive, as well as high levels of potassium, riboflavin, and vitamin B2 which is really important to keep your energy levels up while you're boning. Fun fact about me, I'm allergic to bananas. 
oh yeah, we just discovered this about you. Yeah. Uh, poor really Angela. Sad. But like they, like you said, I do not miss eating bananas in public because it is uncomfortable. Uh, I'm gonna quiz you guys. What are a couple foods that you've heard of before that are that are sexy foods that you should eat? Oh, I edited a story on this, so I know like 20 of them. What's like the one everyone talks about though? Oysters. Oysters. Yeah. That one's true. Um, we c- I guess they contain. No one. I never really understood why, but they contain a lot of zinc, a mineral important to the production of testosterone and sperm production. And uh, they contain dopamine, which increases desire. Well, what's another one that people think of when you're, like, having sexy time? Mm, I mean, oysters was going to be my answer. Well, during, like, sexy time, like, chocolate sauce or, like, whipped cream. Chocolate. According to Mm. Dr. Hope, chocolate contains phenylethylamine, a stimulant that elicits excitement and a sense of well-being. Oh. Um, I'll I'll throw out a few other ones that... that, uh, I won't give you all the details. You're never going to remember all of it. (laughs) But pomegranates are good. Red wine, good. Salmon, walnuts, vanilla, watermelon, honey, coffee, strawberry, and cherries. All good things for uh, sexy time. A lot of these are foods I associate with you. No wonder you're pregnant. No wonder I am a (laughs) sexual goddess. It was all that salmon. (laughs) I do like all of these foods that we have named. So um, any any foods you guys don't like that I have named? I'm more of a white wine drinker. Does white wine not not do it for no. the libido? You've edited a story that's similar. Are there any big ones that you can remember that I'm missing from this list that surprised you? Um, so I had a writer who did, like, she prepared an entire feast for her Tinder date using aphrodisiacs. Oh, that's And funny. the conclusion was just that, like, none of them specifically made her horny, but they wound up having sex anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, if you're into someone... Who needs food? Yeah. Who needs the help of food? We actually always say if we eat too much, we don't want to have sex. Right. Uh, I follow who? Who's the? Who's the person I follow? The advice my mom listens to. The big, the biggest I, like male Dan Savage. Thank you. Oh my god, my brain, pregnancy <laughs> brain, ladies. Um, Dan Savage's advice. My mom told me this of all people is like his whole thing is. Is like have sex before you go out and before you eat dinner. Cause like after dinner and after you go out, you're like full and you're tired and you don't want to. So his whole thing is like sex before dinner, apparently, at least according to my mom. <laughs> so uh, do, do you guys subscribe to that? You do, Angela. Well, I love it in theory. I'm just always running late for dinner, so I don't leave time for <laughs> sex. But <laughs> uh, what about you? I mean, I'm at work, but yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> but in New York, we eat dinner at like nine. You could slip it in between work right. and dinner. That's very efficient. Yeah, got to keep things efficient. All right, it is time for us to jump into our mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. We would like to thank our sponsor, Havenly. Havenly is a delightful way to design spaces in your home on any budget. You partner with an interior designer to create a beautiful design based on your unique style and space. You can then buy what you love directly through Havenly's platform with access to hundreds of retailers and the guaranteed best prices. And Angela and I, we first became obsessed with Havenly from their Instagram. Yeah, because everybody wants their own home to look like, you know, Instagrammable. Mm-hmm. So I just try to copy ideas from Havenly's Instagram. I know, it's great. Um, and you're about to use them to spruce up your your new place with Ian yes my living room I have like a blank wall over my couch and I'm like I want some kind of 
shelf picture or combo situation, but I don't know exactly how to do it. And they will help me and I need that kind of guidance. And that's their whole thing is they take the hassle out of designing a new space. They make it really easy. They have you fill out a quiz. It's going to be great. Your place is going to be completely Pinterest, Instagrammable in no time. Yes, my dreams are coming true. And summer is like a perfect time for that because you have summer parties and Havenling designers are here to help you get your place looking beautiful. They've helped more than 10,000 customers and starting at just $79 per room, working with a Havenling designer will make decorating your living space your easiest, most delightful summer project because everyone deserves a beautiful living, living space. They do. They deserve it. And you deserve it, Angela. Thanks, Laura. Uh, turn your Pinterest board into a reality. Try Havenly today by visiting havenly.com slash single and get 25% off your design package. That's H-A-V-E-N-L-Y dot com slash single for 25% off your design package. Havenly.com slash single. All right. We are about to jump into the mailbox to have Hannah help us answer some listener questions but first, before we get to those listener questions, we wanted to read some feedback we got from a listener. We always like when you guys write in and diplomatically disagree with us. <laughs> well, we don't mind when you disagree. We, we like right. to hear other opinions. A so respectful disagreement. A respectful disagreement. Um, uh, so this is someone that disagreed with us. So quick recap. One of our listeners wrote in about their friend dating this guy who is 23 years older than her. Um, the 26-year-old's family and friends were all like, very much against it. The girl was taking parenting classes to help like raise his kids and the guy was making no effort to get to know the people in her life. And we basically were like, yeah, I mean, like this girl needs to break up with this guy. He's like 23 years older than her. It's like probably not, statistically probably like not going to work out. So, and, and he seems like he's not that good of a guy. So Lydia wrote in and said, I'm a fan of your podcast and just got done listening to the surviving divorce episode. I love the divorce lawyer you had on. It was great. Love that segment. However, your response to the question about the 26-year-old dating the 49-year-old seemed pretty judgmental and one-sided. I don't have a, quote, old boyfriend or anything, but if it were my friend, I wouldn't judge just because the guy is older and I don't get their relationship. Unless there was really some cause for concern or my friend was expressing unhappiness, I would just be happy for her. It's definitely not a typical romance, and her friends are only looking out for her with good intentions, but sometimes people may just need to mind their own business. So, Hannah, I wanted to get your thoughts on, see whose side you're on, um, on this. So, yeah, tell me your thoughts, and then I have, I have some statistics I want to throw out at Lydia because I, I, I like our little debate that we're having, and I still want to win. Yeah. I, I still stand by my advice, but, but Hannah, what's your take? Well, sure. Uh, if he sounds like a shitty boyfriend, which you said he was, then dump him because he you don't wasn't that. shitty. He was making no effort to get to know her friends because, like, as a forty-nine-year-old man, what but it sounded like shitty. was yeah, exactly. He didn't want to get to know these like twenty-something-year-olds. And you left out the part <laughs> in Lydia's email where she was like, "It doesn't sound like he or like they were trying to get to know him either." Oh, but right. like. Yeah. I really think that that's more on him than on the friends. Well, I've, so you're a matchmaker. Did you have to set up 49 year olds with 26 year olds fairly often? And how did it work out? How did that go? Uh, that's something that I was never asked to do, but I think it would have made me really uncomfortable. Um, I don't think there's anything innately wrong with an age gap that large, but I do think that it requires a really special person or a really special set of people to navigate that well. Like, 
yeah, like it's going to be weird if you're like 29 and hanging out with what, a 49-year-old's friends, but like you would do that for the person that you love. But if the relationship isn't strong enough to do that, then like it, that's not going to work. Um, but then like the New York Times vow section, I just read there was a girl, she was like 27, marrying her 60-something-year-old boyfriend, fiance. Ugh. Stalked them on Instagram, and he was, like, on vacation with her friends, and they were, like, going out for dinner and, like, dancing together. So who knows? I just got to say there's exceptions to every rule, but according to a study conducted by Emory University, couples with a one-year age difference were the most likely to make it with just a 3% chance of divorce. However, those chances jumped up to 18% if there was a five-year age gap. 39% chance of divorce for a 10-year age gap, 20-year age gap, 95% chance of separation. So I'm just going to say, Lydia, you may thought I was being judgmental, but the odds are not in their favor. Anything is difficult, right? Like if you live like really long distance, that's going to be really difficult. Um, you know, if you're allergic to your boyfriend's cat, that's going to be really difficult. Like why add more difficult factors, but for the right person and if it's going to work, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? All right. What do we have this week though? And But thank you, Lydia. I appreciate yes. your email. And your perspective. Even though I still stand by. Um, Angel, what do we have this week for Hannah to help us answer? Okay. So first up, we have a question from a male listener. I love when our male listeners oh. reach out. Hey, dudes. Um, this one's from Chris. Chris says, I have a problem and would love to hear your opinion. A friend of mine is getting married and me and my friend have been invited and we are traveling down together for a bit of a road trip. Neither of us had plus ones on our invites, which didn't bother us. And also, hey, boys weekend. My friend has been with his girlfriend for about six months and never met the couple getting married. I've been with my fiance for seven years and she has met the couple and had uh, met, oh, a handful of times. However, I was at the stag. I think Americans call it a bachelor. So I guess Chris is British. Hello. Cheerio, Chris. Um, Barney last week and the groom asked if my fiance had any dietary requirements for the food. I said I didn't think she was invited as it was just my name on the invite and there wasn't a plus one. He said that was a mistake and she should come. However, she's working that weekend and she can't get out of it. She's a nurse. Cut to today. My friend's girlfriend has been invited in my fiance's place. I totally get that it's not my wedding or anything, but I'm still annoyed. It's like I have FOMO on my fiance's half. What do you guys think? P.S. P.S. Bring back Bronick. He's a fan of Nick's uh, alter ego. He's referring to the Laura pregnancy announcement episode where you saw uh, my husband's alter ego, Bronick. Bronick. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts? Should this is a lot of like wedding etiquette? questions mm -hmm. what, what do you think it sounds like the bride and groom are working their way down the list of priorities to invite and I'm really sorry but um it's also not your wedding like if they want to invite people sorry uh sucks for your fiance but I don't know like it's not your wedding you can't force her to be invited yeah in my opinion I so I said it sounds like I agree with you it sounds like the wedding couple kind of fucked up not putting your fiance's name on the invite and it was probably an oversight as etiquette goes, fiancés should definitely get an invite from the start, in my opinion. Live-ins probably should, too. But for whatever reason, like, mistakes happen when you're doing the guest list. Like, when I was doing my wedding, like, some names got spelled wrong. I forgot someone was in a relationship. Can't remember who broke up with who. Whatever. It, it happens to everyone. Um, also, another option is maybe they got more declines than they thought. 
So they had some extra spots and they changed their mind about you bringing your fiance, to be honest. They were like, okay, let's go to our B list, you know, like, all right, let's give out some extra plus ones and we're going to like pretend that it was a mistake and that the fiance was always invited so we don't offend them. Um, And I think they're pretending it was a mistake, but who knows? Uh, This, it does particularly suck because you're the one who really does deserve the plus one. You have a fiance, seven years, you guys have met. Um, but I wouldn't, you can't really be mad at the couple because they gave you the option first. On the other hand, it's annoying that they pass it to your friend since it ruins your bros weekend, but I would be kind of annoyed at your friend. I'd be like, dude, you should have just turned it down. I'm not bringing my fiance. I legit thought we were having like a bros weekend. Why do you have to bring your girlfriend that like, you know, you haven't even been with like that long. I don't know. But if you're going to be mad at anyone, be mad at the friend who's accepting this extra plus one. Um, but at the end of the day, just have fun and get drunk on the free booze. Yeah, I, I feel like it's even a stretch to be mad at the friend because, like, are you really going to begrudge him, like, a fun weekend with his girlfriend? Right. For right, what right. reason? Like, it's one of those things where you can be annoyed. I get it. But I don't know if you necessarily need to say anything to anyone about it. No, don't it. say anything. Just be, like, secretly mad. Right. Just, <laughs> just let it fester. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else do we have in the mailbox for Hannah to help us answer? Okay. Now we have one from Meg. Meg writes... One of my really good friends wants to set me up with her boyfriend's best friend. She mentioned this to me months ago, and I have not met him yet. She still brings up how often, um, I'm sorry, she still brings up often how we need to all get together, but our free weekends never match up. From what she tells me about him, he seems like the type of person I could get along with. I have only seen a picture of him on his Facebook. We're not Facebook friends. I'm not sure if I should ask my friend for his phone number or add him on Facebook because I don't want to come off as creepy or desperate, but three months is kind of a long time for my friend to keep mentioning it and getting my hopes up for nothing. Maybe I should just meet him on my own, but a group meetup is uh, way less pressure. What do you think? Forever your single friend, Meg. What are your thoughts? Uh, Well, first of all, I think the friend is the friend needs to step up. If she's going to put that on the table, then she should follow through and be like, hey, like we're all hanging out this weekend, so you should come uh, and orchestrate that whole thing. Um, being a matchmaker is really hard work. <laughs> like It requires scheduling, and scheduling is like the worst part of the job, but it's part of the job, so do it. Um, that said, like if you are feeling really antsy to meet this person and you think that this person could be a really great fit for you, I would say you could ask your friend to... like group text, not group text you, but like text one of you, text the other, be like, hey, are you interested in meeting? And then like connect you two and like, or maybe tell the guy to reach out to her. Um, I think that's fine. I've, I've heard of that happening and it can work out, but I think your friend really should just make it happen. If she's, if she's a good friend, she's going to set you up and like do you a solid. What should she say to her friend to get the ball moving? Hey, I want to meet that guy. Yeah. What do you, can we do it this Saturday? Yeah. Like, hey, like, are you around this Saturday? What are your thoughts on her if her friend is still just lazy about this, what are your thoughts on her messaging the guy on Facebook and being, let's say her friend's name is Jillian, and being like, hey, Brody, this guy's name is Brody. <laughs> hey, Brody, Jillian thought we'd, we, no, you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, I think that J- Jillian needs to be the one to reach out to Brody because the reader doesn't know if Brody has ever heard of her, and that's the thing that's going to come across as creepy. If Jillian tells Brody, hey, I have this awesome girl for you, then the girl could reach out. But if she's just reaching out with absolutely zero introduction, that's really weird. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So no, even, I appreciate even it. Even if uh, Jillian can't make a physical introduction, she should be making like a, a verbal one. one. Yeah, text. Yeah. Okay. 
Just make a text. You could even just do like a group, big group chat. Be like, hey, Brody, meet Meg. You guys were, you guys will be pals. You know, don't just be like, you guys will be lovers. Just like, <laughs> you guys will be pals. You guys should hang. Like, you know. Right. Because it's no pressure for the friend to do that. She can no. like kind of embarrass herself and yeah, be sure. goofy about it and then let them take it from there. For sure. Um, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have any funny messages that you want to share, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is finding your match. Not everyone can afford a matchmaker. What tips do you have for everyday people who are trying to figure out if someone is a good match for them? What should they be looking for? Number one, I would look at lifestyle. If you're going out with somebody and they talk about how they love clubbing until five o'clock in the morning every day, that's and that's like not what you do. You go to bed at 10 o'clock after watching The Bachelor. That's not going to be a good fit, even if they're really hot and really cool and buy you a lot of drinks. Um, also, I would not like necessarily on the first date, unless you want to, I think that's fine. But like maybe by date three, four, five, you should have a general understanding of what they're looking for, whether that's a relationship or just like a casual thing. Um, like we talked about earlier, like having a label makes you know that you're on the same page and you don't need to label your relationship on date on date three, but you should at least know sort of ballpark what you're looking for. Those are questions that I could ask as a matchmaker. I'd be like, so like, do you just want sex or like, do you want a relationship? And then I could communicate that to my client. But, um, yeah, if you're, if you don't have a matchmaker, you just do that yourself. I would think most people going to a matchmaker are not looking just for sex, right? Mm. Really? Not okay. I mean, a very you're not, small percentage. You're not like a a pimp. No, no, no. They, I mean, they would never come to me and say, "I just want sex," but like they would make it clear, like, "Hey, you know, I have a really busy job. I have a kid. You know, like I got divorced. I just want like a fun date once a week with somebody who's like cool." Oh, okay, that's that fair. And for some people, that date once a week yeah. involves sex. Yeah, and then the feedback that I would get is like, oh, she's like, not, you know, can she be a little hotter next time? Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, can you go away <laughs> and I'm not sure, be my client? Yeah, I'm sure these men were all John Ham types themselves. Um, so, okay, as a matchmaker, what were some of the common mistakes you saw people making mm. other than having super high standards? Yeah. Um I do think that the okay so the biggest mistake for women is that they would have these laundry lists of requirements. The biggest mistake for men is that every single one of them told me that they wanted to date Scarlett Johansson or her look alike or the worst one I got was Scarlett Johansson's face with like a yoga instructor body. Wait, since when is Scarlett Johansson when since when does she not have a yoga instructor they, they body? They just didn't want curves, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, and that's not to say that attraction isn't important. I think you should be crazy attracted to your partner, but uh I, th- I think people need Ugh. to be a little bit more realistic. This like, if you so look gross. Like- also, they clearly have never not taken yoga because at my yoga studio, every instructor has a different body, and they're all beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm there are. There's yoga. some like really curvy yoga instructors. There's some really tiny, petite. Like yoga instructors come in every shape and size. You dummies, right? They're what just flexible. They're just that's all they have in fle- common. Flexible people. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guideline that we used was they have to be equally as hot and equally as successful in order to get matched. Um, and so I, yeah, my advice to a lot of the single men in New York is like, if you want to date Scarlett Johansson, like you should look like John Hamm. Um, but that's like, if you're on a dating app and like swiping, like look at, you know, look at their photos, look at their job title. Like, does it make sense in the real world? 
Um, and beyond that, I would just say go out on a lot of dates. People would come to me and say, like, I've been out with, like, three people this year and I'm so sad. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you have to go out, like, with a different person every week because it's just a numbers game. That's, like, really the only way to hack it, I think. That makes sense. Um, bonus, some friends love playing matchmaker. What tips do you have for someone trying to set a friend up? Think about why you're setting them up. Um, I once had a very well-meaning friend set me up with her single straight guy friends, and we got onto the date, and we, like, looked at each other. We're like, so this girl set us up because we're both Jews, and that's it. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, like, you're and like, that wasn't enough? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, he's like, so, like, you'd, like, become Orthodox if you, like, had children together, right? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I'm not that Jewish. Um, yeah, so think about why you're setting them up, and if you can't come up with, like, three solid reasons, it's probably not a good match. That is great advice. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I've learned that I'm not that great of a matchmaker. What about you? Have you ever tried to set friends up? Um, well, we set up we set up one of my friends on the podcast. That's right. Not that long ago. And it what went, was that, our two-year anniversary episode? It went down in flames. It was horrible. <laughs> it was <laughs> not good. So not only did I not set my friend up, or I, I poorly set my friend up, I broadcast it to all of our <laughs> listeners. So yeah, I'd say I'm not a good matchmaker. Yeah, even, you know, even my friends are not really great matchmakers. Like I met Nick at my friend's holiday party, but she never like meant for us to be a match. She was like, oh, hey, meet, meet my like cool artist friend Nick. And and then like, I just remember her being like, I just never would have even thought, but like, yeah, it works. So like some people, they just don't have an eye for it, you know, leave it to the professionals, I guess. And on that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. If you've ever tried to play matchmaker for a friend, you've probably learned that matchmaking is harder than you think. We're going to leave matchmaking to our pro Hannah and have her set up some of our favorite celebs. It's a game we call Superstar Superstar Setup. We are going to name a famous female celebrity and you have to tell us who you would want to set them up with we also have some some options for some celebrity men if you need the inspo but as we've been learning angela and i've been learning recently in the news cycle um sometimes celebrities just surprise the shit out of you priyanka and nick priyanka and nick what the Nikki fuck and eminem uh and ariana and pete yep you named all right you, you named them all <laughs> <laughs> we're like what by the time this episode comes out they are probably all going to be broken up but still can we all just be like what the fuck sometimes i like a good surprise though yeah priyanka is the biggest surprise that like, one i don't like the ariana she can do a lot Grande, better. though i i don't get any of it i don't get any of it all right our first celebrity is angel take it away rihanna who would you set rihanna up with they don't necessarily have to really be single but they're I'm- Literally speechless because nobody is good enough for her. Like, if you saw the headlines recently, she broke broke up with her billionaire boyfriend because she was bored of men, which is brilliant and amazing. Um, Do you want some inspirations? We have, like, a list of of men we came up with. No, I just had an idea. Who? He's married, and I don't want him to divorce his wife at all. But, like, the only person that I would really want her to be with is Barack Obama, just because they're both really beautiful icons who inspire me personally. 
I can't get behind that because Michelle and Barack are so solid. Right. I can't see Barack and Rihanna. I don't see it, but you're the expert, not I mean, me. I do. There's like another universe somewhere maybe yeah. where they're together and he's like living a way more laid back life. His hair is not gray yet. I mean. Because he never became president. Beyonce and Barack, I like always like got some kind of flirty vibes from, but. Not not that on his like just I don't know I always felt it but like fan fiction vibes yeah fan right. fiction vibes um but luckily we live in this universe where yeah. Michelle is queen all right so Rihanna Rihanna and Barack all right I I, like opposites attract or maybe yeah. I just love both of them and my judgment is clouded yeah all right I'll take it uh, Jennifer Aniston Ooh. um do you see her back with Brad Pitt as no. all the magazines want no good I don't want that either. No, um, I think that first off, she should go enjoy being single for a little bit. Um, let me think. Who is single right now that she would be into? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio? No. Jake Gyllenhaal? I feel like she Maybe. likes funny guys. The Weeknd? No, too young. He just Drake? got back with Bella. No, 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 no. Oh, come on. But who knows how long any of the, <laughs> these will last. These are until, you, until uh, they're married, we're considering people single. Uh, I think she should date some sort of like tech billionaire she has a really oh. she has a really laid-back lifestyle she like she and, and people get through. bored by her well it may be but like she and justin broke up because he wanted like a flashier new york lifestyle i think she just needs like some really chill nice guy who's gonna do yoga and drink smart water with her yeah and- she really does just like to chill and she's a big routine she ate like the same salad every day for like 10 years on friends I get really bored by my food. I need to switch up my food. So I think like her eating the same salad every day really represents lunch. It really represents her life. Well, you you and Jen. Maybe she needs someone older. Maybe. That's part of it. Yeah. Someone who's slowed down a bit. All right, tech a tech billionaire. Yeah. Okay. So next up we have Ariana Grande. Like we said, right now she's dating Pete Davidson, but who knows how long that will last. By the time this comes out, they'll probably have been broken up for like a month. I mean, you could still answer Pete. If you think that they are the perfect match. No. Okay. <laughs> Who should she be with? What do you with? think? Um, I liked her with Big Sean. I could see them getting back together. I think that she needs somebody who is like her really creative. Um, the Weeknd? He seems like a fuck boy. I don't want to set her up mm. with him. Yeah, he's been getting around. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He's got, it's, you know, the baby face that he has really throws me off. Yeah. Is I think he's a nice guy because he's got that like sweet little smile and the baby face. But I think you're right. He's a fuck boy. I mean, not that like his lyrics are everything, but all of his lyrics are like really violent towards women and like, I don't know. Uh, oh, I've never even paid attention, <laughs> but I will now. Not violent, but like misogynistic. I don't know. Grosses me out. Uh, BJ Novak we have on our list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think he and Mindy are friend zone, so I don't know if that's going to work. Um, who should he be with? No, she. Ariana. We don't care about. Pete oh, Davidson. I thought you wanted me to well, set up BJ Novak. No, Ariana Grande still. Who oh, we were just suggesting. Who, yeah, who do we pick for her? Yeah, I think BJ and Ariana wouldn't have that much in common. Oh, yeah, it was just yeah. Throwing it I out. could see um, her having like a fun summer fling with Timothy Chalamet, just because he's like oh. young and a list and adorable. But then <laughs> I see it. I he's see like it. the hot boy right now. Everybody yeah. wants that. I think he has some like long-term GF, but whatever. In our world, he doesn't. Um, all right. You did mention one of the people that's next on our list who we're going to set up, Mindy Kaling. Ah, I love her so much. You you don't see her with BJ? 
I mean, at this point, it's been, what, like 15 years of them on yeah. and off as friends. I would love that, like, so much. Um, I have photos of them saved my desktop. But um, <laughs> Bill Hader, he's recently Ooh, divorced. I Angela, know. Angela pointed out. That could well, be a fun one. Because he's one of my big crushes. And when I found out he was divorced, I was, like, sad for him. But also, like, oh, my God. We have a chance. I see that. They're both, like, smart and funny Yeah, in the world right? of comedy. I see that. I like that. Yeah. And, and he has kids, so he could be a good baby daddy, maybe. Who do we got next? Uh, Janelle Monet, who recently came out as pansexual. So the options are limitless of who we could set Janelle Monet up with. I thought she had a girlfriend, no? So she's rumored to be dating Tessa Thompson, right. who I love. Yeah, but in this world, until there's a ring on it. Okay, okay, okay. We're fair. setting you yeah. up. And they're not like, uh, they haven't confirmed that they are together. Yeah. So. Got it, got it. Um, how about... Um, I really like her new song, the one with like the pants that are like vaginas. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Pink. Yeah. What about Pink. Amber Heard? Because Amber Heard has really bad Ooh. taste picking picking people lately. So I feel like she needs to be with like yeah. a cool, nice, yeah, smart person like Janelle could put her back on like the dating good people track. I would be into that. I would be very into that. I also just read this morning that Rosario Dawson may or may not have come out. Um, oh. It was like unclear the way that she posted this thing on Instagram, but, and, like, that's the world we live in, but um, I could see that. Like, she, I feel like, is, like, a little bit more established in Hollywood or, like, in the world of fame, but seems, like, really cool, and I'm just personally obsessed because she's been on Jane the Virgin. Mm. Um, I could see it. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 like I see both of us. And she just, like, broke up with Eric Andre, right? Which I liked them together, but I like Janelle Monae more, so great. All right, we got one more. This was a tough one. Angela and I were having trouble coming up with suggestions. Yeah. Lena Dunham. Oh, oh, I know a rumor about her, but I'm not supposed <gasps> to say. But she was hooking up with somebody who lives, like, a block from here. Um, who? A famous person? No, not a famous person. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, All right, after the podcast, you're going to tell me. Yeah. I've never seen her in my neighborhood. <laughs> She's alluded to, to hooking up with people. She wrote, like, an essay recently where she was like, I have someone coming over now. The excitement of new love. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no, from earlier, I'm going to say BJ Novak because... Uh, oh. They both do that like writer producer thing, and why not? He he seems like he would be her type. Yeah, I could see it. I could. He see would it. be her type. I don't know if he could put up with her. Her yeah. yet, but we'll see. I, I, I Angela's like not it. a fan anymore. I know she's I, off the Lena I was, Dunham train. I used to go hard for Lena, but no more. But that's the tough thing about dating. Like you can really fall for somebody, and then it's not reciprocated. But like that's that's life. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, thank you for setting up all of our celebrities. I hope they listen and maybe they'll take your advice when you never know. Um, guys, we hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Hannah Orenstein. Playing With Matches came out yesterday, June 26th, so go grab a copy today. She also has a weekly newsletter, which is a digest of single New Yorkers. You can join by checking out hannahorenstein.com. On Twitter, you can follow her at Hannah Horns. Hannah uh, Orens. Orens. Oh, I get it. Orenstein. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Hannah Orns, O-R-E-N-S. And on Instagram, also Hannah Orns, O-R-E-N-S. Uh, a little plug for ourselves. You can also check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. Yes. Thank you for joining us, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if you guys want to get hooked up with discounts from some of our sponsors, you can 
uh, go to our podcast page on this is why your single show.com. Uh, we're also on social. So if you want to follow us, it's at your single show. My personal is at Sparadactyl. I'm at Laura Lane Rad on Instagram and I'm at Laura Lane on Twitter. Any other plugs we missed, by the way? No, that's perfect. Thank okay. you. Awesome. Uh, if you like this show or any other episodes, you can like and subscribe on iTunes. That always helps us out. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. 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 This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Bye. That was a headgum podcast.